Hey guys, and thank you for joining us today at ID Sports. Today, we are previewing the 2021 season for the Philadelphia Union. Joining us today is Matt Ralph. Matt is a freelance soccer writer covering the Philadelphia Union. He's also managing editor for the Brotherly Game. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the work you're doing? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I manage the the website brotherlygame.com. We cover the Philadelphia Union and pretty much any soccer uh, that we can can get around to covering in the Philadelphia area. And you know, in fact, right, right now we're we're doing a little project about the uh, 25 MLS players who are from this region. So uh, we get into um, a lot of players uh, so far and, you know, current and, and that are active and former players from, uh, from the greater Philadelphia area. So we like to do a lot, you know, with history and uh, just, you know, covering all aspects of the game. And, uh, you know, I just, I love, I love soccer and, um, you know, love, love, love. A, I always say wherever, the, if there's a ball being kicked, I'll check it out. You know, <laughs> I love it. So let's start right from there. Philadelphia Union, ownership, stadium, culture, history. What would you want people who are new to Major League Soccer to know about the Philadelphia Union? Well, I think the, the big thing about the Philadelphia Union, uh, you know, in terms of how, first of all, it, it's still kind of weird to me that, you know, there wasn't a team in 96 in Philadelphia because Philadelphia is one of the, the largest, you know, media markets. And, you know, the, the, the rub was always sort of the stadium, not having a stadium for them to play in. And, you know, they eventually after a very long time, finally got a stadium built in in, in, a, in, a, in the city of Chester, which is, you know, south of Philadelphia of 95. And, um, you know, it's, it, it, there's, there's, there's a, there's a number of, you know, it's, it's a big talking point in the, the Philadelphia Union uh, community about the location and the access and all Everyone that. Everyone gets that. <laughs> it, Red Bull Arena is closer to New York City than just about any stadium in any sport is to its prospective <laughs> stadium. However, because it's even a state border and a river, there, yeah. it's, it's, it's a river. You could skip yeah. a, a stone on a cold day and hit New York City, but yeah. we, we yeah. get that all the time. I know Dallas has that too. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. You're not going to put a stadium there, but yeah, absolutely. Philadelphia yeah. Union, um, just a great soccer town, a lot of great tradition there. What was what, specifically about the stadium? Well, I think the, the you know the, the stadium does have a great view of, of the river, of the Delaware River, and the, the bridge in the background. And you know, it is uh, you know it's you know if you get down, if you have a car, it's fairly easy to get to and, and to park there and everything. And there's a, there's just the supporting cult, the sports culture, really predated the team. You know, there was this this group of people that kind of like looked around and said, "Hey, why isn't there a team here?" It's you know, <laughs> 2009, and there's still no Philadelphia team, and uh, or 2007, I think, when they found they found it. And that that's really kind of been the that was that was definitely there was a groundswell of support before the team started and um, you know I was a, a working for a daily newspaper in South Jersey when uh, when they first sort of started up and so you know I've been kind of impressed with that from the beginning that you know this group of people that that were were willing to support a team that didn't exist yet so uh, that's definitely been a big part of the culture of the team and you know the the more recent you know success of the team has really been a result of, you know, them kind of building this identity of a team that goes out and finds, you know, lesser known players, uh, you know, brings them to to Philadelphia and, 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 you know, puts them together into a team where the, the sum of the parts are greater than any one individual. And they've, you know, done a good job on the, the market of finding players, but then also bringing in 
uh, these these young players from the academy, and that's really be kind of kind of been become their identity. And so I think you know the, the team is becoming uh, more well known internationally now with uh, with Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie both playing in Europe and both you know pushing for um, you know opportunities with the senior men's national team. So that's that's really been the. I think that's, that's, that's something to be jealous of because it's like they sign a new guy, it's a hit. They bring a young guy up, he's a hit. Every yep. player for the Philadelphia Union has been a hit. It's it's so frustrating not uh, you know to be on the other side of that. But let's talk just briefly about last season. They were 14-4 and 5 with 44 goals scored, only 21 goals conceded in the 2020 season. They were a perfect 9 and 0 at Subaru Park at playing at home. They were 3-4 four and 4 on the road. That record won them the Supporter Shield and Jim Curtin won Coach of the Year during last season. When I look at the goal scores, you got everyone doing their job. Sergio Santos, eight goals. Casper Shabiltos, eight goals and six assists. Some players we're going to talk about in just a little bit, but if you had to cover the 2020 season in just a couple sentences, Philadelphia Union 2020, what was the main storyline there? I mean, really just that they, they, they made the most of the situation and they won the games in front of them. And that, you know, with COVID and everything shutting down, teams just really, I think, teams kind of uh, fell fell apart and got injured and dealt with absences. And I think that the Union were a team that was as together as a team as I've ever seen them, you know, since they were they, their first season in 2010. So they they, they weathered they weathered all of the things that came their way. And that's why, you know, that's, that's, that's the team that wins the, the Shield, right? It's a team that figures out how to to deal with all the adversity and put together a body of work that 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 that, ha- that leaves them on top of the table at the end yeah, of the season. Major League Soccer is always a long season, but this was two games, a long absence. MLS <laughs> Cup, which uh sorry, MLS's back tournament, which I think might be one of, you know, the greatest moments of MLS history where where you had games every single day in the That's morning great. in the afternoon it was, it was just so much fun to watch and I have to tell you I watch more Philadelphia Union and I watch a lot of soccer than I've ever watched in my life during last year and it was just because of the exciting style of play and the stars and it, it just was the whole package for me absolutely fun to watch as a Red Bull supporter maybe we need to pump the brakes a little bit but definitely exciting to watch and let's talk about their coach, Jim Curtin, won coach of the year last year. He runs a 4-1-2-1-2 narrow, no real wing play, keeping it uh, very condensed up and down the field. He relies on two strikers to produce. Both Shabilko and Santos, again, scored eight goals during last season. However, this is going to require a large number 10 in production. You've had that in the past, and now you have Fontana replacing Brendan Aronson. So let's take this right to the projected depth chart, and I want to talk about, maybe we could start there at the, at the number 10. That is not the right graphic. There we go. Right team now. Yeah. So, I mean, currently, yeah. I mean, I would say that, you know, Anthony Fontana is the uh, current heir apparent to the position uh, with the possibility that there's still players coming in. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that I would call him, a, you know, he's not necessarily a traditional number 10, but he is someone who has a nose for goal. And Curtin has said, you know, numerous times that, you know, he's he showed last season as a substitute that, you know, you need, he needs to be close to goal because he he finds a way to score. Uh, but the playmaking aspect of the that you you want from a number ten, you know, it, it still still needs needs work there. Um, and then you know, Paxton Aronson really, uh, you know, he scored. He finally they finally got a goal in preseason today from Paxton, which you know, Paxton's seventeen, so you don't really want to put a whole lot of um, you don't want to put a whole lot of weight and expectation on a seventeen year old who's you know who's finding his way you know as a professional now, but. 
um, you know, that's, you know, he, he would, he would be the backup, but certainly El Sino, um, you know, is it can play, you know, I, I like El Sino playing up the middle. I think he creates a lot of problems for defenses, um, but you know, he's good, good out wide too. So, and, and Jim uses him, you know, where he'll, he'll switch to that more of that four, two, three, one late in, in games with El Sino out wide. Right. And, you know, basically gets the ball and you know tries to beat two two people because he's usually got he usually has two people on him if he's he's in the game late so um so yeah that's Absolutely. that's that's yeah, kind of where you the, where you're attacking, attacking the hesitation there might be that he doesn't have 90 minute legs anymore yeah. and he was that super he might have been one of the best super subs in the league during during the last two seasons so absolutely love to see him there i want to go back to anthony fontana he uh scored one two three four he scored six goals during last season a lot of those games came off the bench but i think that one stretch where he had uh i think it was right at the beginning of september uh where you guys started against new england he put up a brace then montreal but everyone scores against montreal he also put one up against uh, i think it was new england at, in the in the very next game so he he came to be this superstar just because he he did it in such a short burst he looked like that guy but you're never really going to be brendan aronson so maybe those shoes are a little too big for him to fill but anthony fontana is someone i could definitely see stepping up and being an everyday player yeah yeah and i think you know one of the things that you know with brendan i mean he's he's very different than brendan and 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 you have to remember that jamiro montero is also kind of a 10 as well. So uh, one of the things that was really very successful for the union last year was where you had Brendan kind of, and uh, Montero basically alternating, like almost as like a, a revolving you know, number 10, where you, depending on, you know, the spacing on the field, the situation on the field where Brendan would drop back and he would do a little more defending and Montero would, would go forward. And I mean, the counter attack, those two were just unbelievable. Uh, you know, there's still the goal where uh, Jameer doesn't even touch the, in, down in Florida when Jameer doesn't even touch the ball and it springs a counter and uh, Brendan, you know, sets the rest of it up. So, I mean, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of flexibility within that that formation that, that, that the union run. And so, you know, one of the areas I think for Anthony is going to be, like I said, is, you know, working on, you know, those pass, making those, those plays, those passes, but also, you know, the defensive side because he can then, you know, kind of alternate a little more with Montero, um, you know, and even, even in the starting line, it's like a lot of times you'd see, you know, you'd see Brennan in the 10, you'd see Jamiro in the 10. Like it's, it's not, a, yeah. um, it's not really, really a, um, designed to be a solid, like, you know, the it's whole not game like it is, looks on paper on the graphic, yeah. but we, <laughs> yeah. we kind of need to have something here to, yeah. to, to, you know, help out with, you know, even for me to mentally construct the team here. Alejandro Bedoya, definitely a leader on this team for sure. Definitely had a very good 2020 season. Alejandro Bedoya, where does he fit into all this? Well, he's the captain, and you know the league needs to watch out because he's he's growing his hair out again. So um, I think his hair is a uh, you know in the past was, was was a source of his strength too. So uh, <laughs> no, he's 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 the captain. I mean, he he's the guy that um, you know does so much for this team. And I think with losing uh, Ray Gattis to retirement, you know, this is a team that, that is going to rely even more on its veterans. And so I think Bedoy, the, the concern with Bedoy is like, he, you know, you need, he needs to be rested. Like he can't, you can't, uh, I mean, he, yeah, I feel like in the last couple of years, especially, you know, he's sort of been a horse that they've, um, you know, they've kind of they've, they've kind of driven maybe a little too hard at times. Uh, you know, he had an injury at the end of the 2019 season, 
you know, the, there's, you know, there was some concerns about the the the, the flying, the commercial flying, and the and the turnaround time and all that with uh, West Coast trip and then the Columbus trip. But uh, you know, he's definitely still. I think that this is his team, and you know, the uh, you know he 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 does so much to mentor the younger players, and he's just the guy. I mean, when he when they won the supporter shield, you know, he's the guy that's 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 you know that's speaking to that you know in terms of you know what this means to the club and what it means to him and he understands what it means to the city too so yeah. he, he was he's also someone... the one who presented his coach with the coach of the year award last yeah. season if you, yeah. if you watch that YouTube yeah. clip it was, a, it was a great moment there now before we talk about the defense there is one more player that kind of sits right in front that I want to talk about Jose Andre Martinez now my co-host Alex if he was here he's a big nickname and this guy is El Brujo. So it's time to talk about El Brujo, what he brings to the Philadelphia Union. Yeah, you know, the the El Brujo nickname is cool, but it still doesn't uh, – it, it doesn't track necessarily with El Brujo. I mean, he's he's a – yeah, I mean, he's a magician in many ways, but he, he is just such a hard-nosed player who, um, you know, his first his first game was against LAFC last year, and, you know, he, he went through four jerseys in the game. And, you know, just, just the kind of guy he'll take a – He'll take shots in the in the mouth and he'll get right back up. And he's, you know, he gets carded and you know he he makes things interesting a little bit sometimes. But he is he. I think he's a, a guy who um, just plays with plays with so much uh, emotion and is it was it basically instantly a fan favorite after that game at LAFC. So he's really important. He's hurt right now. Uh, fortunately. Uh, you know, it looks like it's only going to be a couple week injury, so he'll be back. But he probably is not going to be available for the the Champions League, the first first leg. So, um, yeah, he's he's really important to this team, and he 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 wasn't expected to necessarily be that guy, and he turned into that guy pretty much overnight. When, it's when magic. He- <laughs> it's like it's magic. There you go. That's the magic, right? <laughs> so let's talk about Philadelphia Union. They only gave up twenty goals last season. This is what their back line looks like. You got Kai Wagner and. Mbizo, I believe that is correct pronunciation. You also got Glesnus, Elliott, and Findlay in the middle. Talk a little bit about this defensive unit, the changes that we made during this past offseason, and are they looking better? Are they looking worse? Do you expect them to play about the same as last year where they were fantastic? Yeah, you know, it's the the back line and the defensive record is really, I, I think, was really what defined this team, and it makes sense that it's Jim Curtin's team that, they would be a team that doesn't concede a whole lot of goals. I think Jim Curtin would be perfectly happy with winning every single game, one nothing. Uh, you know, he's a defender. You know, he played a long time in the league as a defender. Was you know was a really good defender, and so I think that is really key to this team. You know, there's a lot of question marks about depth in the midfield. Some injuries now. You know, with um, in the in the four line, maybe you know need another piece up up top as well, but. The back line, I think, really is going to continue to be the strength of this team, and counting the back six because you know you have one of the best keepers in the game with Andre Blake. But absolutely, you know, I think you know you're probably going to see uh, you know Finley. You know, there's been problems with getting him over here with his visa, so that's probably going to slow. He's also still recovering from injury in January, but he, he yeah, I think he will be your your starting left center back. That's that's kind of what he's being brought in to be, and then you know he's. Filling that void of you know really large void from Mark McKenzie, um, who was just outstanding last year, and I think um, you know it's it's hard to say how how the you know how this how this team's going to do without Mark because he was you know just I guess you know he had just one of the 
you know, one of the great seasons of a center back has had in this league. So, um, but I think, you know, the indication of Finley is that he will be as a left footed uh, center back, which is what they, you know, they really wanted in that position. Um, you know, Mark was, did a great job playing with, you know, you wouldn't know he's the, you know, you don't see, think of him as a one footed player anyway. So, but, um, and then, and then that similar kind of that rotation that has been so effective over the last couple of years where, Jack Elliott, you know, he played at the number six. Um, well, he paired with Alabadoy in the midfield today, but um, you know, he's he's shown a little bit of flexibility. Elliott's kind of, um, you know, has has rotated in that right center back position for the last couple of years with Mark, and then with with Jacob Glesnitz last year. So it really does it creates a, a good situation where you have three three center backs who really are starters in the league, <laughs> and. Every week they're battling out to, to see who um, see who starts, and so that's that's been the formula that's worked really well for them. And it's a very good problem to have. Of many major league soccer teams would be willing to uh, trade quite a bit to get in that situation. Now, when we look forward to this 2021 season, we want to know the stars. Who are the players on this squad that we need to watch week in and week out? Who are going to put the goals in the net? Who do you think is going to be the top goal scorer during the 2021 season? Well, if Santos can get healthy, I still think he's someone who, you know, he's just, you know, he's electric. You know, he, he's got so much pace. Um, you know, he's got his strength. He, at least he's got the strength. And, you know, he just – he's one of those people that, you know, can be frustrating at times because you see him pull off these, like, insane, you know, you know, he's flicking the, over the keeper and, you know, it's, you know, this great goal. And then, and then you see one that he should score and you're like – what, like why did he score? yes yes oh, he you scored the difference leaving it on the table yeah um but so i think he's he's someone that it's i think you know you see guys sometimes like him where you know there's an adjustment to this league and you know he showed last year a, a major improvement over the first year and i think if he can stay healthy that's been that's the big question mark with him but i think if he can stay healthy within this system he's someone that will will score a lot of goals Casper obviously has shown that he can score in this league. Um, you know, there he had a he had a drought last year. There's you know, there's a you know, there's some you and know, still he's, led the team with eight goals yeah. and, and led quite a few players around <laughs> yeah. this league. And uh, he's absolutely a player that I love. I would put him as the top goal scorer. I mean, six foot four, 194 pounds. He's just this tall presence. You can spot him no matter where he is on the field. And he adds in assists too. You don't usually see guys who have come out and lead the team in goals also have six assists. I think yeah. he was a very sneaky, good pickup, a, a nice, big, tall, athletic Polish uh, striker for your team. And that that's kind of my star. That That's the player that I want to see a little more of. And I think he can get there. He can score goals in the air. He can score, score on the ground. He can walk him in. He could, you know, post up and score that way. So absolutely, Kasper Shabilko, one of my favorite players on this team. For Yeah, and then Corey Burke, I mean, he's a guy who just basically does nothing but score. So, I um, mean, you know, he's been away from the team. He came back. He scored when he came back. Uh, you know, he's he's another one that's uh, you know just. Uh, I think I think really with the th- if the three of them are healthy, they're they're all three of them are going to uh, score a bulk of the goals for this team. And you know, and certainly Fontana has shown that you know he 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 can find he can find the goal when they need a goal too. So uh, you know, there's definitely goals spread around though. It's it's still not a t- it's not a team where you're going to have a, a a guy lead the league. I mean, you could, right? But it's not necessarily built to be a team to have, you know, like a Yosef Martinez uh, that, that scores most of the goals. So, and yeah, then, you know, might win the league, but maybe not a, a, a golden boot contender just yet. 
Yeah. Let's go on the other side. You had to pick a player who would lead this team in assists next season. Huh. That's that's a good question. Um, yeah. Huh. I mean, you mentioned Casper. <laughs> it would be kind of a kind of interesting to see him continue that that pace. You know, Carvalho last season he led yeah. in goals and assists last season, so it's definitely not outside yeah. of the realm of possibility. Of course, yeah. Brendan Aronson with four assists, Jimmy Montero down with uh, three. So those guys are all kind of right there too. Yeah, and, you know, Kai Wagner had, uh, you know, had a, had a bit of a tough year with injuries and everything, but he did have double digits and assists two years ago. So he's a guy too, the, 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 you know, if, again, if he can, he can put together the season he had in 2019, he'll, he'll, he'll be in the top three for sure in assists on the team. Okay, so usually at this point I ask, optimists uh, uh the, the pessimists and the realists to, to give me something positive but i feel like you've been positive most of this so i'm going to ask you to put on your pessimist hat for a minute what are the weaknesses and what would keep this team from uh returning as supporter shield champion in making that long playoff run yeah you know i think the the they got they got really fortunate to not have many injuries last season and, and maybe they're getting them out of the way in preseason but should it's... i stop you right there should we just just <laughs> Just thought we don't even need to finish that sentence. Some bad juju going on right now. Yeah, so I so I think that's 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 a that's a concern. And 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 really Brennan Aronson and Martin McKenzie were so good last year that you know I wouldn't you know I wouldn't blame it blame them for not being as good without them. So uh that, so that's uh and then also, I mean, we finally see the schedule now. So, you know, the it, you know you're not going to have you're not going to have the cross country travel which which is going to be interesting um i think that's been really that's been hard on teams you know as long Absolutely. as the league's, league's as been around the as you said at the beginning you can only play the team in front of you yeah. and that could be uh, positive that could be negative yeah. and a lot of this is going to have to revolve around the other teams kind of in that corridor i mean we just talked about dc united i have no idea what that team's doing this year yeah. they could be great they could be terrible i have no idea. So when it comes to expectations, you have to also think, well, Philadelphia got a little worse. How much better did everyone around them get? Maybe yeah. they're still that top team, but I remember when Red Bull lost Tyler Adam. Yeah. You know, it, it could take a squad down. So hopefully Philadelphia Union can can continue with some of their success. Um, Matt, again, thank you so much for joining us. I want you to leave us just with one last thought. Anything about the uh, Philadelphia Union? Well, yeah. Well, the, I will say this. The, I was part of, I got to I was fortunate enough to be part of the, a committee of fans and um, staff and media that were involved in the process for the Jersey. And, uh, you know, I've been very, I was a little nervous about how people were going to respond to it, but the new secondary Jersey, you know, look, I think looks great. I mean, it's cool to see photos from Florida, them playing in it. And I think, you know, certainly I, I, I agree with people's criticism of it too, but I, it, I just think it's an exciting thing that, that, that happened that, that the team is, you know, done a lot of outreach within the fan base, within the community. And, you know, they've just done a lot of really cool things, the way they've spoken out about, you know, about, you know, racism and equality and, and, and speaking up for victims of police violence and just so many things that this team is doing, um, sponsoring Chester High School soccer team to bring that back, hopefully officially this fall. And there's just been um, this just is what so we're many, talking about, right? The, yeah. The, the Bayou uh, Lightning jersey. And I just think that the team is doing a lot of things uh, right on and off the field. And so, uh, you know, even if there is a drop off, I still think they're, they're, they're a team that you, you really can't, you can't, uh, you, you can't be comfortable playing in an environment. And, and I think that's going to continue into 2021.
Absolutely. And there's never uh, too much self-promotion. So at IED Sports, guys, we are on YouTube.com. You can find us on every audio platform. I have just a couple on the bottom of the screen there, but anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can find us. You can find us at i80sports.com. Joining us again, Matt Ralph. Matt, one last time, where can we find you? Uh, at Matt Ralph underscore TBG is on Twitter, and then brotherlygame.com is the website. Good. Thank you so much for joining us again today, and thank you for watching IED Sports.